now. Please right. welcome Woo-hoo. Pastor Michael Hansen. Hey, Billy. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Bill. Good morning, everyone. Uh, hey, just to uh, add to what Bill said, that group we're starting is, if you're a new believer, if you're new to the Christian faith, or if you're even checking it out, um, uh, this group would be for you. Or maybe you were raised in the church, and if you were honest, you'd say, man, I just don't know, I don't understand the Bible. Right? I've been around it for years and years, but I don't understand it. I'll, you know, concepts about God and forgiveness and all this stuff, I don't understand it. This will be a great group for you. So I just want to add that uh, to what Bill was saying. I also want to, before I get into the message, move this stink bug. There we go. <laughs> oh, I hope that isn't a sign of my message. It's going to be a real <laughs> stinker. But, uh, <laughs> but um, in the lobby as you came in, we've got all five... Uh, weekends that Danny did of Gospel of Wholeness. We have the outlines and the CDs. And if you missed any of those, I strongly, uh, I want to strongly encourage you to, to pick them up. Pick up the ones you lost because that is stuff you, won't, you don't want to just move on from what we just went through. You want to go back over it and over it and over it. So uh, make sure you pick those up. And uh, in two weekends, I'm going to be kicking off a new series. I'm not going to tell you what it is. It's like a teaser, right? But we'll be doing that next weekend. You don't want to miss, we have a, a guest speaker coming in. Uh, he's been here before, Mark Fields, heads up missions for, the, for Vineyard USA. He is a, just a wonderful guy, excellent speaker. So that's next weekend. You don't want to miss it. Uh, he'll be here speaking. And then this weekend, what I'm doing uh, is what we call in the business a one-off. Right? This is a one-off. We're sort of, it's a one-off topic, a one-off message I'm going to be doing. And if you've been uh, attending here through, uh, through the month of January, you know that we have been uh, challenging us as a church to be deliberate disciples, to really lean into worship. Right To not be passive in our worship, to not be passive in this. When we gather together in giving thanks to God and declaring just our love for him and our, our awe of him, our praise, that we wouldn't be passive, that we would engage our voices, we'd engage our hands, we'd engage uh, uh, our bodies. So what I'm going to be talking about today is, you can see there, uh, a church that worships. And my hunch is, now that you know what I'm talking about, my hunch is that I've lost some of you. And, here, and here's what I mean by that. If I was doing a one-off on prayer, and you know, prayer where we talk to God and listen to God, I don't think anyone in this room would disagree that, uh, that uh, would not agree with the fact that, that, that prayer is both biblical, meaning the Bible instructs us on prayer, the Bible gives us lots of examples of prayer. I don't think you would disagree that prayer is biblical and that it's something that we would aspire to do more of. It would be good for us, right? Would you, you agree with that? Yeah, see, I'm reeling you in now. Uh, if I did a one-off on service or serving others, right, giving, putting others ahead of yourself, I don't think anyone would disagree that that isn't totally biblical to serve others. Lots of instruction in the Bible to be a servant. We have the example of Jesus, the servant of all. So why is it that when we come to the topic of worship, which is incredibly biblical, Right? We're not only instructed all throughout the Bible to worship God, we're commanded to worship God. We have lots of examples. I mean, worship is not only biblical, we know that it's, it's good for us to, you know, to turn our focus to God and express our love to God. Why is it that for many of us, when we talk about worship, it's like we sort of take that and slide that over into the optional category. Right? And, and here's the thing, I don't think it's because we aren't thankful 
I don't think it's because we aren't in awe of God or we're not in love with him or we're not impressed by him. Or, you know, I, mean, I don't think that's the struggle. I think a lot of it is this whole thing of worship is so, it's like a mystery. It's this otherworldly thing where here we are on earth connecting with this being. It's, it's something that you know, it it's, can be confusing. Or depending on what kind of church you were raised in, when it comes to worship, you're like, man, I don't even know what to do when it comes to worship. I know, uh, when I think back on, on the church I was raised in, I can picture the hard wooden pews where, you know, as a kid in dress pants, a white shirt, and a clip-on tie, I would be sitting there, I just have memories of my father leaning out going, shh, sit still. And I'm like, oh, you know, I just couldn't sit still. And so why is it now, as I'm, now that we're older, and now we're, get, we're getting it because we aren't being noisy enough. And now we're getting it because we're not moving around enough. Does that make sense? Right? And so what I want to do today or, uh, is look at, uh, in a very practical way, more like a, uh, more like a workshop, look at worship. I, you know, the, at, at its core, worship is us as God's created beings responding to our creator. Right? It's a response to who he is. It's a response to his love, his forgiveness, him revealing something of himself to us, and we, and we, res- we respond to it. That's what worship at its core really uh, means. And uh, what we're going to do today is I'm going to talk for a little bit on, on just some about worship, but then we're actually going to experiment together with some physical expressions, biblical expressions of worship. Now, right about now, I'm sure if you're visiting, you're like, man, why didn't I sleep in? I knew I should have slept in today. Uh, But here's the thing. Today is not about embarrassing anyone. Uh, The goal of today isn't so much that as a church we would all look the same in worship. Because I just don't think that's accurate. right? Because I look out here and I know so many of you and I know we're not wired the same. We, we respond differently. So like, for instance, I took my younger son, Daniel, I took him to his first concert. This is years ago, and I took him to see uh, Mumford and & Sons, and this is before they were popular. And it was at a really small venue, and there's just like, I don't know, a few hundred people were crammed in this venue, and I'm in there, the music starts, and I'm like, yeah, I'm jumping up and down, I'm singing at the top of my lungs, and you know, I'm dancing with these guys that weren't friends to when I got there, but now we're best buddies, and we're, you know, we're moving around. At one point, I look over at my son Daniel, and he's just standing there like this. And I'm looking at him, and, and our eyes met, and I think my look said, are you okay? Right? And so he came over to me, and he said, Dad, I'm having an awesome time. And I'm like, well, thank you, Spock. You know, it's like, what? You're like, that's an awesome time? Wow, he's really cutting loose. So the goal is not that we'd all look the same because for some people to be in awe of God is just to sit there and just be in awe. And for some people, it's people you're screaming at the top of your lungs. You're ready to come unglued. We're all responding. Here, here's the goal of our talk today. And I just about gave it away. And this is what's in your notes. The goal is that we would be a church that believes in and is responsive to the presence of God. Right? Let me say that again. That we would be a church, when it comes to worship and when we gather together, that we'd be a church that believes in and is responsive to the presence of God. That when we gather together, that we, we believe that he's with us. Because he says he's with us. Because he says that he would never leave us, right? And I remember a pivotal time in my life when I was a teenager. 
Again, I was raised in a church, a very conservative church, where, you know, maybe I missed it, but I never made a connection that when we gathered together as the church, that we could expect that there was a, a belief and an expectation that we're going to meet with God, right? I never, I don't remember the phrase, the presence of God. And I remember as a teenager going to this church that was, like, incredibly expressive. And to be honest, I was looking around most of the time just thinking, this is so weird, right? Because I was used to a church where we would sing, and we would sing hymns, and I loved singing hymns, um, but it was more sit down, right? Sit still, stand up, stand still, <laughs> and, and sing. And, and, but at this church I went to as a teenager, it was like people were raising their hands. People were dancing, doing that sort of goofy dance. People were shouting and bowing down. And, and on, on one part of me was like, this is so weird and so goofy. But then there was another part of me that, and, and the part that really hooked my heart was, as I looked at these people, as I looked at the way they, they sang and, and their posture, what it said to me was, they believe he's really here. And that was, that was a game changer. Right? They, their response was such that they believed that he was really here. And so that's the goal, that we would be a church who believes in and is responsive to the presence of God. So let me uh, pray, and then we'll jump into uh, to the notes here. So Lord, uh, you know us. You... Uh, you know even now what we're thinking. As, I, as I'm heading into this topic on worship and responding and expressing and all these things, and you know uh, our backgrounds, you know how we're wired, I pray today that you would come close and that you would, uh, you would just set us free to respond to you, whatever that looks like. That we would be a people who uh, uh, are just quick to respond to your presence. Lord, I, I just pray that way beyond what I say today, you would do a work in our hearts and our minds. We welcome you here in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Uh, so in your notes, the first one there, number one is what and why. <clears throat> and again, I'm gonna move through these pretty quickly. So what I mean, what and why, what? What is worship? And then uh, why do we worship? And so what, uh, what is worship there? It says in your notes, direct versus indirect. And I know I've said this before, but I remember years ago when I was, first came into the vineyard, John Wimber, who uh, God used to, uh, a man that God used to raise up this, this movement, he did a teaching on worship where he talked about worship as a pie. And he had my attention. I like pie. But he said, when it comes to worship and understanding worship, we need to realize that the smallest piece of that pie, this little sliver, is what we call direct worship. And what, what he meant by that was it's what we just, what we just did uh, 15 whatever minutes ago, 20 minutes ago, where, we've, where we, as followers of Jesus, we, we put aside all the distractions and we have a set-aside time where the focus is on him. It's direct worship, where we come together as the people of God and we sing these songs. I love what JT said about we're singing to him. Right? We're singing to him because we believe he's here. We're not just singing in third person, like, what, you know, like isn't he great? It's like, no, you. Aren't you great? Right? So that, that's what I mean by direct worship. And really, that's most of what, mostly what I'm focusing on today. But, but just for definition, that's direct worship. That makes sense? Right? But then the rest of the pie is what he, he said is indirect worship. 
And what that means is that it's, it's how we live out or how we walk out the rest of our lives. So we gather together here, you know, on a Sunday or a Saturday night, and we sing our praise to God, we sing our dependence, we sing how, you know, God, take my life, you know, do with me as you will, we sing that. And really, the indirect worship is when we leave here, it's the question of does that song carry on as we leave? Do we continue now to walk that out? Right, our indirect worship is, it's our thoughts, it's our words, it's our actions, it's how we treat others at home, at work, at school, on the freeway. It's how we spend our money, our time, our abilities. Romans 12.1 says this. It says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, for this is your true and proper worship. So it says there, like, that, and this is indirect worship, it's to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. Well, there's a difference between a dead sacrifice and a living sacrifice. I mean, think if you're familiar with the, the Old Testament and the whole sacrificial uh, practice, you know, they, people would come to the temple and they'd bring a little lamb and they'd bring that lamb to the priest and, the, and they, would, they would kill the lamb. They would kill the lamb and they'd butcher it up and then they would take that lamb and they would put it on the altar. Well, the lamb didn't go to the altar willingly, did it? It, it, was, it, was, you know, it, was, it was taken and it was placed there by someone else. A willing sacrifice, what our indirect worship is, where we willingly uh, crawl up on that altar and lie on the altar and say, God, I'm yours. I'm yours. Everything I am, everything I, I, you know, I dream about, everything, every, every part of me is yours. That's indirect worship. It's like the, the old hymn, take my life and let it be consecrated Lord to thee take my moments and my days and I love this let them flow with ceaseless praise right have you ever considered that when you leave here the way you talk to others right the way we treat others the way we treat our employees, the way we, you know, we, we, uh, we, we treat our teachers, or the way we treat strangers. I mean, the way we live our lives. Have you ever considered that, that that can be a flow of ceaseless praise to God? So does that make sense? Direct versus indirect? Right? But have we established that? Would you buy my book? Okay. But here's the thing. I just about missed this. Don't forget, though, when we talk about being a willing sacrifice... That worship is a response, right? That crawling up on the altar and saying, God, my life is yours, it isn't like you just gotta sort of work it up. It's a response, right? God has wired us to respond to him, so he, it's as he um, um, reveals more of himself to us, right? As you walk with Jesus, here's what I guarantee, as you walk with Jesus, those things that you have given yourself to in the past, those temptations, those sinful things, I guarantee that the longer you walk with Jesus, when you come to a, uh, like an intersection to make a decision, that you, what you'll find is you will willingly say no to those things and yes to him. Because you look at that thing and you look at him and you go, why would I give myself to that when I could give myself to him? Right? Our worship, direct, indirect, is a response. Okay, moving on. So that's what. Now why? So why do we worship? Well, the first one there is we worship because God has commanded us to. 
Right? All through the Old Testament, we see this. We're commanded, through the New Testament, we're commanded to worship God. Um, Exodus 34, 12, this is uh, where, where God is speaking to the people of Israel. They've, they've left Egypt, and they're moving towards the promised land, and God knew that as they're moving towards the promised land, that they were going to come in contact with all these different nations, with all these other uh, uh, different practices. And this is what he says in verse 12 of Exodus 34. He says, be careful not to make a treaty with those who live in the land where you are going, or they will be a snare among you. Break down their altars, smash their sacred stones, and cut down their Asherah poles. Or another way to put that would be, destroy their worship equipment. Do not worship any other god, for the Lord whose name is jealous is a jealous god. So in commanding us to worship him, is that because God is insecure, right? Is that because he's like, oh, it hurts my feelings, right? I think there's a lot of reasons, but one I want to draw on, I believe we're commanded to worship God because it's for our own protection. See, one of the things that God knows because he made us is that we're not, just, we're not only commanded to worship, you and I have been created to worship, that we're wired to be responders, right? There is something in us as human beings that we want to give ourselves to something or someone greater than us, right? We, when we're impressed, like we want to attach ourselves to what we think is great. Does that make sense? I mean, we do that with celebrities and uh, athletes, all these superhuman people. Like there's, we, there's something in us we want to be connected to something greater than us. There's something in us that we want to be connected to something that's stronger than us, that we can put our trust in, that'll look after us. There's something in us where we want to connect ourselves to something that, um, that uh, it gives us life, right? Fills us up or gives us identity. It's, it's wired into us as human beings. We're, it's like we're born needy. You know, and think of what Danny just went through in the gospel of wholeness. Um, uh, first, the first... Uh, in the Gospel of Holmes, the first part is uh, sin is the common problem, right? Genesis 3, 6 through 13. If you remember that, in Genesis 3, it's when uh, it's known as the fall, where sin enters into humanity. And what happened, when, when that happened, there was this incredible tearing, where here's Adam and Eve, and, and they're, they're living uh, in the garden with with God and they're totally connected to the one who made him, to the one who gives them life and identity and all that they need. But when sin enters in, there's a tearing. And now part of the fall, one of the, the, you know, the fruit of the fall is that we are separated from our life giver. But the problem is we're still needy, aren't we? And that leads to number two in the gospel of wholeness, and I'm not gonna review, review the whole thing, but number two in the gospel of wholeness is what? That's right. It's nothing. No, it's, well, it is sort of. It's empty wells, right? It's empty wells. Um, that's probably encouraging. Hey, Danny, I worked how long? To... Jeremiah 2.13, empty wells, where we run after things now to fill that need. And God, he knows that in us, that we're, you know, we're separated but still needy. So why do we worship then? I'm going to hit three areas. Why do we worship? Why has he commanded us to do it? Well, first of all, we worship because uh, it's, it protects us from empty wells. 
When we gather together, again, direct worship, where we gather together to to focus on God and to sing to him and just to come into his presence, it protects us from empty wells because one of the things that's going on when we gather together is there is a realignment going on all around the room. Our hearts are being realigned to the truth. Right? We're out living our lives and doing our stuff and, 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 and there's so many distractions and there's so many uh, temptations trying to draw us away from being connected to the life giver. Right? There's so many empty wells out there that look good and look like they're going to fill us up, but they don't. Right? And so when we gather together, there's this interaction that goes on where we're singing to God and you are good and you are wise and you are on and on and on and on and on. And it's like God leans into us and says, he says, that's right. There's, this, there's a reminding, a realigning going on. You're not alone. You're my daughter. You're my son. Right? I'm your father. We were singing that beautiful new song. Right? I'm your father. I'm your protector. I'm your provider. I'm the one who, you know, who gives you identity. I'm the one who guides you. There's a, there's a realignment going on, protecting us from those empty wells. As we sing those songs, it's sort of like, why, would I, why am I you know, running after that? And I know it doesn't help. I know it leaves me empty and broken and just feeling used all the time. And it's like, you're right, God. You are what I need. So why do we worship? First of all, it's protection from empty wells. And then, uh, you know, as I was thinking about this. You know, when we gather together <clears throat> for, to worship, you know, when I, when I think of the, the worship team, you know, yes, these, these people are all musicians, but you know what? There's way more going on here than just musicians, Right? When we look for people to add to our worship teams, we're not just looking for musicians. We're looking for worship leaders. We're looking for people who have not only been gifted, but they've been called by God to lead God's people in worship. Right? That's why this, this is a worship team. They're here to lead us in worship. So one of the things they do, and I thought they did an awesome job today, is it's like they're calling us saying, look at him. Look at him. Look at how beautiful he is, right? The songs and the way they led us. And, and as we do that, as we, as we get our eyes off ourselves and all the distractions and we look at him, one of the things that goes on, and this is number two, is uh, it's like a soul diagnostic, right? It's a soul diagnostic. And here's what I mean. When we, as followers of Jesus, when we come into his presence, and it's like all, and you know, all the distractions are removed, and here we are, we're in the presence of our God. It's, it's a time where we, we, it's like we get in touch with, like, how are we doing, right? It's like a diagnostic. It's like, how are we doing in our relationship, right? And, he, and here's what I mean by that. You know, if you've ever seen a couple who go out to a restaurant for a meal, and they sit at the table, and they have nothing to say to each other, right? That's an indicator. That's an indicator that, they need to work on the relationship. Does that make sense? They need to work on the relationship because they've got nothing to say. And see, to me, when we gather together and, and worship, it's not the indicator. It's an indicator of our relationship with the Lord. If you come into his presence and you're a follower of Jesus and you have nothing to say to him, that should be an indication to you that you need to work on the relationship because there's, there's a disconnect, right? Because really, think about it. Our direct worship should be an overflow of our indirect worship, right? And so if you, if you never talk to him six days a week, but then you come here and you're thinking, I don't get anything out of worship. Well, it's, it's, there's a, it's because you, it, it's a, there's a disconnection. Does that make sense? There's a, there's a disconnection. If you haven't 
it's like in any relationship. If you aren't investing in the relationship, the, the, you know, what do you expect from it? And so I think, it's, again, it's not the indicator, but it's an indicator. When we come to worship, if there's nothing there, it's, it would be something that I would want to go back to God and say, hey, let's, let's talk this over. Okay, that's number two. Number three is this. Uh, why do we worship? Worship is an opportunity to express our hearts. Listen to this quote from the man C.S. Lewis. He says, I think we delight to praise what we enjoy because the praise not merely expresses but completes the enjoyment, uh, but completes the enjoyment. It is its appointed consummation. It is not out of compliment that lovers keep on telling one another how beautiful they are. The delight is incomplete till it is expressed. See, um, isn't it true that if you're excited about something, if you're passionate about something, if you're in love with something or someone, you have to tell someone, don't you? You have to express it. It's like expressing it, like what C.S. Lewis says, it's like it, it completes it. Because it's there, it's there, and then whoa, it comes out, and it just like it, it validates what you're experiencing. It validates what, what's going on inside of you. And uh, Mondays, I, I normally go for a walk in the morning. I'll, I'll go like for a long walk from like the bathroom to the kitchen. And, okay, that wasn't what I meant. Well, okay, it, it would have, that's fine. We'll edit that. But <clears throat> so I went for a walk on Monday, and Monday, if you remember, was a beautiful day, sunny day, and I went for a walk down at Alum Creek, found this trail, and, I'm, and, I, and I was all alone on this long trail in, in the woods, and I'm just walking along, and you know, again, it's, it's quiet, and I'm, the sun, and I'm going along, and, I, and the trail comes out onto this, this sort of, you know, hidden little beach, and, and I come out, and I'm standing on this, the beach, and I can look out on the lake, and the wind's blowing, and there's, there's waves just sort of lapping up on the shore, and I'm standing there, and I'm all by myself. And I'm standing there, and all of a sudden out of my mouth, I go, man, this is beautiful, right? And I said it, and it was amazing to me how it's like it had to be said. It's like it wasn't, just, it wasn't enough just to feel it. It wasn't enough just to, to be in it. I had to say it. Does that make sense? Because it, okay, good, it, good. Because I'm thinking, I don't know how to express it, but I think I can see you nodding. But it validates it. It's almost like it fuels the expressing of that excitement, the expression of our love. It fuels it. It's just this reciprocal thing goes on. So why do we worship? Protection from empty wells, soul diagnostic, and an opportunity to express our hearts. And I gotta keep motoring because uh, I wanna get to the good stuff here. Number two, worship is, uh, worship is demonstrated faith. Worship is demonstrated faith. And here's what I mean. Would, would you not agree that we live at a time in history, uh, and I'll just speak for our nation, we live at a time where, where um, we are quickly moving. There is a current, and, and, it, and it's quickly moving us as a nation and as a people away from belief in God. Would you agree with that? There's, there's a change going on. And when I say worship is demonstrated faith, when we gather together, and we worship together, we declare who God is, we declare his presence, all these things that we do, it, we literally have an opportunity to declare through our song, through our posture, to declare what we believe, to declare our faith. Uh, A.W. Tozer said this, he said, uh, millions of professed believers talk as if God were real and act as if he were not. 
our actual position is always to be discovered by the way we act, not by the way we talk. And what I see in that is that there's, there's something very powerful that in a world that's quickly changing, in a culture that is quickly moving away from God, that every time we gather together, <clears throat> we have an opportunity through our song, through what we're singing, we have an opportunity through our posture to demonstrate, to take a stand in that current and say, no, that's not true, right? That's not true. God not only exists, but he's here with us and he's active in our midst and he's powerful and he loves us and on and on and on and on. We get to take a stand <clears throat> through both our song and our posture to turn into that current and say, no, that's not true. Uh, Hebrews 11.1 1 says, now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. See, when our worship, many times it's, it's declaring our faith. We're declaring what we hope for. And it's not just some blind hope, like, oh, I hope this is true. Right, that, 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 that phrase hope for, when you look at the Greek, it literally sort of talks about like if you walked into your I mean, over Christmas, we, we were back in Canada, and I, you know, I'd walk into my parents' home, and I would smell what my mother was cooking, right? And, whoo, that smells good, right? Hope for means I can't wait till we sit down to eat that. When we gather together, we, you know, we, we've had tastes. Have we not had tastes of the presence of God? We've had tastes of the kingdom of God. Whew, I can't wait till we finally get to eat that. Now, unfortunately, this side of heaven, we're in, this, we're in this place where there's a tension. Like, remember the now and the not yet? We've got a taste, but we don't have the full thing yet. We won't, get the, we won't sit down for the full meal, if you will, until we get to heaven. But, but this side of heaven, every time we gather together to worship, we get to take a stand. We get to like drive a stake in the ground and say to a, you know, to a world that's changing, to say to a, you know, really to the demonic forces that are whispering to people, say, just forget about God. Just, you know, just embrace. We have new, here's, here's the new, you know, the new uh, uh, teachings or whatever. In a culture like that is changing like that, we get to make, take a stand through our worship to both declare with our song and to, and to declare with our posture what we believe, to declare our faith. And Lori, we're going to skip that quote. Okay. Number three. So let's get practical. Why don't we have the ushers lock the doors? <clears throat> Where are you going, Tammy? <laughs> no, I'm teasing. <laughs> and now I'm, I'm te oh, no, I'm, I'm going to pay for that one. Yeah. There's a car burning in the parking lot. Uh, no, that's mine. Okay. So here's the thing. Here's what I mean by this. <laughs> right? I was raised in a church where, again, it was very conservative and really had no understanding or expectation of the presence of God. And that's something we talk about all the time, don't we? Presence of God. Oh, do you feel the presence of God? Oh, wasn't that powerful? And, but, you know, I found in my life, as I was getting older and as I got into my teen years, that, um, uh, and, I, and my faith became my own, Right? I, wasn't, I wasn't a follower of Jesus just because my parents told me to, but it, I, I embraced that faith as my own. I found as I learned more about Jesus and as I experienced him more, his love, forgiveness, oh, to be forgiven. 
right? And all the grace and all the goodness of God, as I experienced that more, what I found, I found something started to go on inside me where when I would stand in church and we'd sing these songs, I just, as, as, you know, I just found this, this thing inside me was, this just seems like a pitiful response in light of how awesome God is. Right? It, just felt, it just seemed like a lame response to an awesome God. It was sort of like in, in, the, in the wise words of REO Speedwagon, I can't fight this feeling anymore, right? It was like there was this, all my 80s friends, it was like something inside of me just wanted to come out. But I didn't know what to do. I, like, I, don't, know, I don't know what to do. And listen to this quote. Um, uh, emotional and physical responses that are a natural part of our human makeup find their highest fulfillment in the worship of Almighty God. Right, so what he's saying in that quote is, it's in us. This, to worship God, to respond to God, it's already in us. Right, so here's what I know. Here's what I would, I would bet the farm on. If I said, hey, I just want to introduce a friend of mine. Here's Urban Meyer. If Urban came walking in, you know what I know? The roof would blow off this place. And, and, I, and I wouldn't disagree with that because he's the man. And he's the coach of the team, right? And, but here's the thing. In the fall... Something that was torn, something that was broken in the fall is that, that awe, that response that we give or we would give in that. It's not wrong to, to honor Urban Meyer. He's a, you know, he's a great coach. But, but the, the, the true intent, the highest reason we were given those responses was for worship. It wasn't for man. It was for God. And one of the things that got torn, that got broken in the fall was we lost, we've, we've forgotten that. It's like we've lost muscle memory. Right? And, and it's like we need to now. There's now, there's actually, not, we not only lost it, there's a resistance in us to worship God because of our selfishness, our laziness, because lots of different things, our brokenness. There's something, and it's like it's ground we've got to take back. We've got to sort of fight back to relearn how to go. That's okay to cheer for the Buckeyes. That's, that's, that's nothing wrong with that. But to know that, but what I do there, it's, it's, it's made for here. Does that make sense? Listen to this quote from the great theologian John Calvin. He said, we are cold when it comes to rejoicing in God. Hence, we need to exercise ourselves in it and employ all our senses in it, our feet, our hands, our arms, and all the rest, that they might serve in the worship of God and so magnify him. Okay, uh, just so you know, like this, John Calvin, here's a selfie we have of John Calvin, okay? Does that say, let's party or what? Right? But what? <laughs> hey, everyone, come on over to John's place tonight. We're going to read books. Right? But it's like, but why I love the picture is because he, he, he caught on to something because he knew we've lost this. As human beings, we've lost it, and we need to exercise. We need to push ourselves beyond our comfort, you know, our comfort zones. We need to lean into this to get it back. So God says to, you know, uh, 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 has called us to worship, we're wired to worship, and what we're gonna look at now in, in, uh, is, are some tools of worship, right? And again, uh, my goal isn't to embarrass anyone, but honestly, my goal is to stretch us. Because the truth is, when we gather together every weekend, we're stretching each other. And what I mean is we're stretching each other back into what God made us for, right? There's people in this room right now that it is a stretch for you to be in, this, in community. 
It's a stretch for you to be in a room with a bunch of people. But, but it's right to be, community, to be in community. And so you're stretching right into it. It's uncomfortable. There's many people to, to stand and worship, to sing out. It's like we're, we're going to get to this. It's stretching to do that. right? It's stretching to give a tithe, to pay a tithe. That's very stretching for us. It's stretching to, to pray for somebody else. Right? It's stretching to let someone pray for you. So it's not like we don't stretch, uh, we're not getting stretched when we get together. Okay? And, and remember, all the things we're going to look at, and we're going to look at three different areas, uh, um, and hands, voice, and body, and don't put anything up yet, Laurie, it's a surprise. Um, but know that everything we're going to look at now, it's not like, oh, well, this is that sort of what Pentecostals do or those crazy charismatics. That's what I used to always think. Oh, that's just charismatics. But then I started reading the book of Psalms. And I'm like, oh, wow. The book of Psalms is loaded with sing, shout, dance, bow. You know, It's just loaded with all these tools and expressions of worship. So it's not just some Pentecostal thing. It is, uh, it's, it's biblical. So here, we're going to start with hands and not, not yet... Uh, um, uh, I'm taking this from a book I read called Worship God where, uh, where the guy says, when it comes to our hands, there are three levels of release. And I don't know if I agree with that, but it was helpful. He says, with our hands, the three levels are lifting your hands, uh, playing instruments, and then clapping, right? That's what, uh, that was how he looked at it. And again, we, we clap and, you know, we'll clap for a good three bars sometimes. If you're, okay, ah, that's, well, that was funny to me, but, um, but what we're gonna try is we're going to try, and you just, and again, I'm inviting you to. You don't have to do this. I just want us to raise our hands. Don't do it yet, but and here's something to help us out, okay, to get us started. Okay, here are some helpful tools, some helpful hints. If you're a rookie, right, just start, just do the elbow flap, or if it's easier, do the carry the TV, or go step out today and do the widescreen TV, right? I love that intermediate, the fish was this big, right? Or you've got Hold the Baby. Uh, my personal favorite, Mufasa, right? That's a good one. Okay, let's go to more advanced here. Okay, here's the pro. Dueling light bulbs. Woo, that's okay. And then this is a good one. Gold posts, ooh, heartburn. Gold posts, ooh, heartburn, right? Then you've got uh, pointer, hatchet, and then a schoolroom. Okay, and then for those of us that are advanced, we've got village people, which we should all be comfortable with that, uh, rocky, and then touchdown, okay? So, uh, see that? You gotta, and take a choice. So here's what I want us to do. And again, this isn't just a religious exercise. If, do we not believe that God is with us? Like right now, even as we're laughing and having fun together, our Father is here, and he's close. He's cl- it would blow us away how close he is. And, and he's listening, and he's watching, and he's enjoying his children. So as you do this, and just stay seated, I just want us to raise our hands, but I want you to picture yourself before God when you do it. And I just want you to feel that. What does it feel like to raise your hands before him? So if you want to do that, let's do that now. So just raise your hands up, okay? And just hold them up. If it helps to close your eyes, you can close your eyes. Again, the Psalms, you know, talks over and over about lifting holy hands to God. So just, what does that feel like to lift your hands to God here in his presence as we come before him? Just feel that. What gets stirred inside of you?
Now, I've heard people say it's like, it's a picture of uh, I surrender, right? Or a picture of Father, lift me up. I heard one guy said it's like the greater than sign, right? We're, we're, we're pointing this greater than sign to God. You're always greater than. Hmm. Okay, you can take him down. All right, so that's hands. Wasn't that easy? Now it gets harder. No, no. Now we're going to do voice. And with voice, uh, out of this book, it says the th- sort of three levels uh, are speak, sing, and then shout. And so what we're going to do is, uh, I know there's some little babies here. You might, when we get to shouting, you might want to cover their ears because I don't want them startled. But we're going to take a line, and you can, could you throw that up, Lord? We're going to take a line. We sang this song today. The first three lines there, you know, you are holy, great and mighty, the moon and the stars declare who you are. What we're going to do together, and again, I'm inviting you to, to do this, we'll say it together, we'll sing it together, and then I'll turn my mic off, and we'll shout it together, okay? And, but remember, it's before our God we're doing this. And after the shout is, just after we shout, just, let's just sit quietly and let, let just that... Just feel that, okay? You with me? Three of you? Okay. Let's speak it. Here you go. You are holy, great and mighty. The moon and the stars declare who you are. We'll sing it. We're singing, you are holy, great and mighty. The moon and the stars declare who you are. You ready? Let's shout it out. Now just feel that. It's like walls were coming down. Isn't that powerful? Just feel that. Just to declare truth together is so powerful. Hmm. Okay, we're going to keep rolling. Okay, body. Uh, when it comes to the body, he says, stand, bow, and dance. Well, we're comfortable with standing. Uh, we're not touching dancing. Um, <laughs> no. Oh, I think I pulled a muscle. Okay. But bowing. Like, you know, something that always moves me when I'm looking, you know, on the news or National Geographic, when I see, you know, whether it's over in the Middle East or when I see, you know, uh, like a shot of a, of a gathering of Muslims and when they're all bowed down that always m- moves me there's something about just all these people and again again but I'm talking about the picture of it of human beings bowed down there's something just so humbling and so right about the created bowing down before the creator and so what I want us to do is just give us an opportunity to experience bowing. And I know for some people, if you actually got down on your knees, you might be spending the day with us. You might not get back up again. And so uh, if you can get, you know, get right down on the floor and bow your knees, I would encourage you to do that. Or if it's easier, and something I do a lot is just standing. I just bend at the hips and I just bow down. So do you want to try that? If you want to stand up, if that helps, you can do that in your chair. Uh, but again, I'm just inviting you to try that. 
So let's just take, a, just take a minute. I just want you to, if you want to get down on your knees, but just to bow. But remember, you're not doing it for the person beside you. You're not doing it for me. It's before God. So just try that. Just to bow down. Just to feel that. Seeing yourself before the king of all kings. Just feel that. What gets stirred in you? To be in this position before the one who's keeping you alive right now. Who knows everything about you. Who totally loves you. Doesn't that just not only feel right, but just seem like that's the right response before God, before the maker of the heavens and the earth, to bow your head before him, to humble yourself before him? Hmm. So uh, we're going to do this, and you can stay on your knees or stand up or sit in your chair, whatever we're going to do. Here's what we're going to do to end off. Okay, those are some tools. Those are biblical tools we've been given to worship our God. So uh, JT, the team's going to lead us in a song, and here's what I would ask you to do. Again, the goal is not that we would look the same, right? So everyone do this. That's not the goal. The goal is before your God, before your king, before your maker, that we would be a church who believes in and responds to him. So they're going to lead us in a song, and I just want to invite you to respond to your king. And I would encourage you to take a step beyond your comfort zone. If raising your hands is like, oh man, that's just nutty, I would encourage you to raise your hands. Right? Whatever it is, I just want to, I ask you all to stand, and let's, but we're going to, we're going to, uh, we're going to worship him. So I just invite you to, to step in further as we worship God. So let's do that. Washed wider than
story that keeps going through my mind is when Jesus rode into Jerusalem and his disciples and all these people are just going, you know, you know, Hosanna to the highest and, you know, welcoming the king of all kings and the Pharisees are like, shut them up. They, you know, quiet them down. And what did Jesus say? If they are silent, the rocks will cry out. And I felt like to bring it up to our time, if we're silent, he said the chairs will cry out. That there's something, that there's, it's just the right response for the people of God to take a stand every time we gather together that whether you feel it or don't feel it, this is our faith. This is what we believe in. This is what we would give our lives for. So let me, let me pray for us. Lord, I do thank you for this morning. I thank you for your presence. I thank you that you're with us. Lord, you're not just an old story. You aren't just this uh, fairy tale. But you're a God who's with us. And I pray that you would just continue this work in in our hearts and in our minds as individuals and as a church, that increasingly we would be a church that believes in and is responsive to your presence when we gather, when we're alone, when we're working, when we're playing, just all the stuff of life. Lord, that's a work that only you can do, and we, we just welcome that. Thank you for your presence here. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Hey, we'll bless you. If you pull the muscle, uh, we've got some muscle rub and the visitors welcome. But seriously, there's sign-ups in the lobby. Please check those out and uh, bless you. We look forward to seeing you next weekend. Thank you.